You're listening to DraftKings Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For too much. Jenna! Jenna. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, <gasps> Welcome to Eyeball. I'm Kermit D. Ford. Yay! We got a hell of a show for you today. Kermit doesn't say hell. Uh, it's Wednesday, Charlotte. What do you yes, think happens is. on Wednesday? Word count Wednesday. That's right. Your SAT math section comes back to life to haunt you, Charlotte Wilder. Also, I don't want to talk about it. A little bit later, we introduce our gambling expert, Jenna Garcia. She's going to help us with some gambling insights about the FIBA World Cup. But first, Charlotte. Yes. Ben Simmons uh, had a very in-depth interview with the Hall of Famer Mark Spears on Anscape, and he had a lot to say, but particularly this quote caught my eye. For me to come back and dominate will be great. I don't intend to come back the same player I was last season because that's not even close to where I am. I get excited because I'm like, damn, I would expletive deleted on the player I was last year, but I know where I was last year, so it's easy to say that. But it's fun to go and do the thing that you love when you're out there. That's really it for me. I don't really ask for too much Charlotte. How do you process Ben Simmons saying that he's ready to come back and dominate people? How do I process it? Mm-hmm. Um, because I know how I process it, and it, and it's I'll shorten it for you. My process is, I don't want to hear about how you're going to dominate people. I don't want to hear about what a great summer you're having. I don't want to watch Instagram videos of you shooting threes and like, oh look, I can really do it now. I'm not left-handed, so I, that was me trying to do a left-handed jump shot. But like, I, we've heard enough of it at this point. Nobody wants to hear this guy talk other than say, I'm committed, I'm ready to do what it takes, and then go out there and do it. But like, oh, I would dominate, ooh, ooh, I wish I was. Like, nobody wants, you're not fooling anybody. Well, I think he's he's also not helping himself by doing that because all that happens is he either goes out and does it and everyone's like, cool, you did the best job you could have done, which is sort of what we expected from you on in the best possible scenario, or he falls short of the thing he said he would do. But I do think that this could be the year that it happens. Do I think it's smart for him to say it? No, but I do think that there is a chance. I mean, he's finally I'm, a back injury is nothing to, to, sneeze at so maybe he's feeling better and i also think that everyone in philly i mean i know people have said this before and obviously simmons not going up for the dunk at the end of game seven in the eastern conference semifinals was a very bad decision but also 
the Sixers blew a 25-point lead mm-hmm. in Game 5. And then last season, you see Embiid, who was the MVP, and his his points per game average in the regular season was, what, like 33.1, and he drops to, like, 23. I, I Those numbers are not exact. I can pull them up. But it, it's, it just sort of shows that, like, this guy took a lot of the heat, and I know that, obviously, I wasn't in the locker room. I'm sure there was stuff going on that – made him deserve that to a certain extent. But I don't know. I think this could be Ben Simmons' year. I think maybe this is a redemption story, I mean. Again, I, I, when he's at his healthiest, when he's at his best, he's a very enjoyable basketball player to watch, and I think he can help a lot of teams with the way he plays basketball, particularly the Nets. I mean, they don't really have a pure point guard, so to speak, so he would fit in perfectly in that role. All right, Charlotte, how are your knuckles feeling? Nervous, but ready to go. And they look ready to go for sure, like you want to punch me in my eye. But instead, we're going to be playing word count. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten words. Answer the question coming up next. Time for the segment that weekly tests Charlotte Wilder's ability to perform rudimentary arithmetic. That's right. It's called word count. You were very, very... The way those fingers went up, I was like, whoa, FCC violation if it existed for YouTube, which it does not. Charlotte, I'm going to read a series of questions to you. You will do the same to me. Got to answer them in 10 words or less, hence the fingers flying. Your first question, Charlotte Wilder, is who is the closest comp for Dirk Nowitzki in today's NBA and why? Kevin Durant, because he's tall and can shoot threes. You know, it's funny the way she counts with her fingers because of her background. It looks like Back to the Future where Marty's starting to disappear because his parents haven't kissed yet at the enchantment under the sea dance. <laughs> Charlie, you see Back to the Future, Wait. right? <laughs> I for- yeah, I've seen Back to the Future. That's wow. like one of the few things I've seen when you asked That's me that. Uh, I forgot to change my background from the James Harden segment, so I'm just doing a random word count with James Harden line behind Yay. me. It feels Look, right. You want that, uh, you want that uh, what do you call it? You got to earn it. Sponsorship. Want I want that spawn con. You want that spawn con? You got to earn it. No, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Are you ready? Yep. Uh, Derek Fisher to coach Catholic high school in California. How's that going to go? Well, because most high school coaches are unsophisticated. Eight words. (laughs) You know what's funny about how how you count? I mean, you you bring one hand up and then the other hand when you need it. I don't know if I need the second hand. I know it speaks to your confidence, and I'm sitting here like all my fingers lined up, ready to go. Anyway, why do you think that Derek Fisher is sophisticated? Well, I mean, I just think like when you've been coaching in the NBA and the WNBA as Derek Fisher has, you just have a wealth more of like sophisticated approaches to the game that most high school coaches, not all high school coaches, obviously there's some great high school coaches out there who are incredible tacticians and stuff like that. The other part of it is, you have a, a clearer idea as a former player, kind of the player development stuff that really matters. And Derek Fisher was not a star player in the NBA. He had to work. He went to a small school, Arkansas Little Rock. He was a you know barely a first round pick, and uh, and he carved out a, a long career. And so I think 
when you have kind of that background plus the coaching, it, it becomes a little bit more applicable than some old guy who's been coaching high school since Hoosiers. This is me. I don't know. It's true. I, I'm also going to use the word sophisticated more. That's a word that we don't use enough in today's NBA media. There's not a lot of sophistication. That's why. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Charlotte, question number two. Random NBA players you have stock in. Mikhail Bridges and Kyle Lowry <laughs> because I think they, God damn it, seem nice. Ah. It's 11 words. So Charlotte lost the game in case you're keeping track at home. Kyle Lowry? Um, you got stock in Kyle Lowry? <laughs> I like his interviews. I like his kids. Also, Mikhail Bridges, I've said this before, he gave me, he told me a very nice story about going fishing, and those are the two players who come to mind, and sorry that I did it in 11 words, and sorry that Kyle Lowry's barely in the league anymore, I'm just being honest. Did, did you, did you go to Villanova? Like, what's, no. what, what, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know, I'm, I mean, Kyle, I can't, the Kyle heart Lowry's wants what it wants. I'm just saying, Kyle Lowry, it's not that Kyle is barely in the league. Obviously, he's still in the league. He's still on the heat. He's, he played a big role in their finals run. I'm not trying to yeah. end Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Lowry's career. I'm just saying, usually when you buy stock, it's in something that has a chance to grow. As opposed to, hey, I'm going to buy stock in Kodak. <laughs> That's where it's at. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought that was just like, who do you like? I'm, a ho- I'm not good at investing, if anyone's wondering. All right, I mean, we're moving on. Who are two best current NBA players who could not guard each other one-on-one? Oh, easy. They play for the same team. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. There you go. That's why I didn't need the second hand. Right here. Yeah, One hand. I get it. Oh, cool. I'm a mean. I'm good at talking short. These are two of the greatest individual offensive talents we have in the league. They are incredible. They are magicians. Like, I, from an entertainment standpoint, I love watching them play. Neither of them defend anybody, and I (laughs) could shudder to think of them trying to defend each other. It would be the (laughs) longest game of, if we got to win by two, it would be the longest game of one-on-one ever. We'd be going like (laughs) 400 versus 401, you know? I want them to add this to the all-star skills competition. Two people who could not guard each other trying to guard each other. I would watch out of that. I, we'd be there all day. That's the problem. Like, we'd just be there but all day. But it'd be funny. All right. Last question for you, Charlotte. You can add yeah. any current player to the Celtics right now without giving up anyone. Marcus Smart. Are you high? Marcus, because I miss him. In the league. Hey, hey, um... Did we have an injury that happened in Boston recently? Yes. Porzingis? What what position does he play? Center? Are there any good centers? Okay, out there? fine. Jokic, whatever. <laughs> I love Marcus Smart. At least you got it under 10 words. I'm not even gonna give you your last one after that. I'm kidding. Uh what current player would Prime Jordan have the hardest time playing against and why? Nikola Jokic, <laughs> because he's seven feet tall and 280, question mark? 280? 280? I don't like, it's just like, it's, I, I mean, I feel like, why are the questions worded like there was a word count for the questions as well? Like, you could have been like, what I current might, I wing? Might, 
You know, like it was a I might just be player. reading them as though I'm counting. Yeah, <laughs> you are reading them like that. But no, I mean, just saying, like, it's going to be Embiid or, or Jokic. It's going to be someone who's physically way bigger, stronger, someone that he couldn't even have guarded back in the day. He wasn't guarding Patrick Ewing and Shaquille O'Neal and those guys. It's the idea that, that Jordan was perfect at everything. Guys, it has to stop. I remember I got in this argument one time, and I don't like the Jordan versus LeBron argument. I think it's dumb. I got an argument with my cousin who was trying to tell me that Jordan was a better passer than LeBron. I'm like, this simply isn't true. Like, I, like oh, but he averaged. I, like, I don't care what he averaged. Like, LeBron is a passer. He's a guy who enjoys passing the ball. Jordan was a scorer. Like, just because he's the greatest player of all time in your estimation doesn't mean he was the greatest at every single asset aspect of the game. And I, it just drives me nuts. Oh, I love that you just backed yourself into a LeBron versus MJ argument in August. Oh, like as opposed to doing it in like December? No, it's this just like really point. on the nose. It's amazing. Yeah. Good work. We're doing an NBA show in the summertime. Yep. <laughs> Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight, you might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy. For the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, FIBA World Cup. Phase one is done. Phase two is coming at you. And for that, we want to make some money. We want to put something on it. And no better person to bring on than Jenna Garcia. She's going to be our gambling expert on Oddball. Welcome, Jenna. World Cup Phase 1 was done. We had a lot of uh, standard things that we saw. Like, we knew Team USA would go, go out there and go unscathed. We knew some of these other teams would get kicked around. Uh, but I don't think we knew that Canada was going to be some Terminator machine destroying teams. How much better did they do than the betting lines? Because it looked like the betting lines were very conservative and Canada was out here just demolishing. Yeah, that's actually true. Canada in the first game, they were not favored by nearly as many points as they were end up favored in the second game or even the third game. The third game, I think they were like minus 12,000 going into the game. Mm -hmm. They ended up trailing Latvia for the first half. And I, I took them live because I just could tell it's Canada. This team is better, more talented than they've ever seen a Canadian team. Books weren't really ready. So you could trail and wait for Canada to fall behind their opponent in the first couple minutes and get them at a plus money value. So they've been a really fun team to bet on. They're, they're blowing people out of the water. Ended up sweeping their group. 
Yeah, no, we're going to need, well, I'm going to need a lot of help this season on the betting stuff because as word count has established, I can barely count to 10 on two hands. So do you have an overall piece of advice for betting the World Cup? Like, are there are there certain things that you look at and then make your decisions on? Or are you really just going like team to team um, day to day? Or do you have like a, is there a strategy? Like what's what's the deal here, Jenna? Help me out. There's definitely a certain strategy to take when it's international basketball. You have to remember the international game is a little bit different. If you've been watching any of the World Cup, you'll see like the hand-checking rules and the calls that Team USA is used to getting in the NBA. They haven't been getting as easily, even though they've shot more free throws than any other team in the tournament. So we'll just leave that there. But who, how many NBA players are in this roster? What is the matchup? And who is the big man on the floor? Because in international basketball, your bigs, your center, your, your front court really do matter a lot more. Um, that game can dominate the, and change the entire outcome of the game. So when you do have like Jonas Valanciunas, for example, as the big man on a team, he fits two of those categories. He's the in the NBA and he's a big man. So that matchup is going to be tough for any team going up against him. Jenna, are we talked about Canada being uh, excellent. Are there any kind of dark horse teams that have been consistently beating the spreads? It's been tough to bet on these games. You have to get your bets in the night before because they are in the middle of the night. I thought Jordan was going to cover 43 and a half points because of their star Hollis <laughs> Jefferson. But unfortunately, 43 and a half points was just too few points to cover. No. Like they needed 48 <laughs> because the U.S. blew them out of the water. I thought that they'd be able to keep it a little bit closer, but unfortunately they were not. One thing to capitalize going into the second round is that there will be a, um, I don't want to call it a loser's bracket, but a loser's bracket. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And in that bracket to cover the spread, uh, you are, you'll be able to find some pretty good teams to cover, such as uh, I believe China's going up against Mexico in the next round. China actually had a, a pretty okay tournament in the first round, even though their scores don't look like it. Mexico, on the other hand, had an awful tournament, got blown out by like 20 points. So in that second round, looking to cover against teams that have really struggled, France, Mexico, just teams that have stars that they didn't bring this go around um and obviously france didn't bring Wembenyama, but they do have gobert and um batum evan fournier so we thought they were going to be a lot better but i would take the spread against teams like like mexico like france um trying to think iran teams that were able to keep it close but aren't getting the wins was was france the biggest disappointment and in terms of and from a betting standpoint obviously them losing their first two games is disappointing but even from from the lines that was that the biggest disappointment of the tournament probably just because of their ranking their fiba world ranking um their top 10 in the world the one team that had a worse tournament than france would be argentina top 10 team in the world and they didn't even qualify for the world cup ended up losing out to venezuela and brazil in tiebreakers uh two teams that are okay brazil definitely is getting up there and competing with teams like argentina argentina was the runner up four years ago in this tournament though so for them to not even be present is way worse than what france did by losing two games 
Janet, so if if France was sort of the biggest disappointment right now, are are USA and Canada the front runners? And what do you see as a team that could possibly upset them? Like what are the what are the lines saying in terms of here's something that could happen when it comes to the the top dogs, if you will? It's Canada and USA still the front runners right now. Canada still at plus money to make it to the finals, and then it's still plus money to win the the final. Um, I think that would be a great matchup just because of how many NBA players are on those two matchups. But it is kind of thinking a bit myopically, right? The rest of the world wants to see their teams play. their stars who never get to play in the NBA. And everyone from the USA is just focused on, let's get USA Canada in that final. They're definitely the front runners. If there was a team that I like, hmm, Latvia is playing really well. Super, super good basketball. Davis Bertans on that team. Um, his older brother is actually the captain of that team and uh, won't be playing anymore because he aggravated, uh, re-aggravated an injury. But that team has looked and kept games much closer. Uh, in the second round, basically, Group B and Group A, the two best teams will come together and then play each other. So I think the second round will be a really good uh, round to be watching just as far as who we think will advance. You'll start to see like the best teams are going to be weeded out. As far as player props, have you been doing any player props and who are some uh, guys out there who have been performing well for you? One thing with USA and Canada player props wise is you know which players kind of control the ball, which players have the ball in their hands the most. So Paolo Bancaro has been a great player prop to take. Uh, as far as his points go, he's coming off the bench and still being able to get 20 points, 18 points. Um, Anthony Edwards, SGA, he's had a few slow starts, but ended up still like hitting his mark when it comes to player props. Uh, the other players I really like are the support players, right? Those bigs that we talked about, they will get like 11 plus rebounds per game. You'll see guys getting a ton of rebounds. From Puerto Rico, I've been really hammering Tremont Waters. He's from the Boston area, Charlotte. So hey, let's go. Compadres. So DraftKings. <laughs> yeah, he's a fellow Bostonian, and um, he plays for Team Puerto Rico. He's like averaging like nine assists per game. So he has the ball in his hands a lot. You're, you'll be able to like ride home those kind of players. The, the point guard always is going to have the ball in his hands, so you can take his over on assists. Jenna, this might be a dumb question. Um, well, a lot of my questions can be dumb questions. But, um, you know, Austin Reeves, everybody talking about whether he deserves to be a starter or not. Can you bet on that? Like, are there are, are there props for, for individual players and whether he'll be a starter rather than coming off the bench? What What's the deal there? I haven't seen the option to bet on him to be a starter, at least not on our wonderful DraftKings platform. That would be really fun, though, to see if that were the case. I don't think it will happen just because there is so much talent on this team that I think Coach is just wanting to bring them off the bench and kind of rotate them in. If you've watched Team USA strategy, nobody's getting like an outrageous amount of minutes. They're not riding one player too hard. So I don't think that Reeves will start, but maybe when it comes down to the final, if they, they really want him to be out there he he is scoring more points or he has the highest efficiency on the team if it ain't broke don't break it come on guys like hey so they're winning everything's going good you don't need to do anything about that 
Uh, Jenna, before we let you go, uh, you know, obviously beyond gambling insights, you covered FIBA Americas last year. You went down there uh, in person and covered the tournament. Uh, you are obviously living in Denver, a huge NBA person as well, covering the Nuggets. Compare and contrast a little bit the international game from the NBA game. Particularly, I know earlier you said the, the importance of having NBA players and, and having a big on the floor. But what are some of like the stylistic differences that factor in for you that you noticed from working this last year? The post play, the big man play, feeding, having a big man to feed it to from the outside is really key in the international game. One thing that Latvia is doing that has been really successful is driving and dishing like an NBA game, right? Mm -hmm. Doing a lot more drive, dish, work it around the, the perimeter. And that's what's been working for Latvia. So while the international game is different and you you can defend much harder on your, on your guards, you can hand check. Um, there's not the same rules, not the same foul calls that you would get called in the NBA. Um, I still think that that post play is so key and being able to have somebody to dish it into the post and that person being able to get a bucket. We saw um, a guy from Egypt, from Iran, big guys who were able, I mean, Egypt blew out Mexico yesterday. So that's an incredible win for that country. Um, They're probably Mexico outranks Egypt by at least 10 slots in the FIBA world rankings. So for them to get that win says a lot. And it's all comes down to the fact that Mexico doesn't have a big man currently who is as healthy as he was in the past. He's a bit older. And so they didn't have somebody to defend in the, in the paint. And if that guy can get a bucket every time, it's going to be over. That's what you see. Serbia, Serbia is playing just like Jokic plays, get it into the paint. They have a couple of guys who play just like Nikola Jokic plays. And I'm sure copying, you know, their NBA star who happens not to be there. But a lot of the international teams are uh, attacking this tournament in a way that NBA would attack with driving and dishing. Um, One thing I saw in the Americas teams, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Mexico, those teams do dribble the ball a lot more. They have the ball in a ball handler's hand a lot more. And I think that that's not, that's what's not working for them. And that's what has led to them struggling against some of these Euro teams who are doing a lot more passing, a lot more um, pick and roll offense. Her name is Jenna Garcia. She's going to be giving us all of our gambling insights this year on Oddball. Jenna, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Jenna. All right. Jenna, how are your knuckles feeling? Jenna? Jesus fucking Christ. Did you do that on purpose this time? I didn't. I didn't. You know what this is? Too many women 